0: Hi, Krishna, everyone. You are listening to the late morning program with Namras, the number one Hari Krishna podcast in the world. I'm here with my friend Muddy, Muddy Brinkman, Muddy. Thank you for joining me.
1: Oh, such a pleasure to be here, even awesome. with the time difference.
0: Yeah, yeah. So for 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 those of you who don't know, Muddy's in Australia. It's eight a.m. there, and it's six p.m. Eastern in in uh, New Jersey over here. So uh, I'm just super excited to talk to Muddy about his uh, his journey in uh the the Hare Krishna movement as well as more in particular talking about uh journey with kirtan and how he recorded kirtan various kirtans with various uh devotees well known devotees and then ultimately kind of the pinnacle of that being for, for the pinnacle in the past few years the going to the grammys so we're going to talk about that as well but but let's start off uh Mari, with just the very beginning tell us a little bit about your uh upbringing and um a little bit about that yeah let's start there
1: okay um there's a, there's a <laughs> how much to tell but uh, i'd like to describe myself uh, along with uh, other second generation devotees as coolie native or a uh, native spe- uh, kirtan native sorry um people who've kind of you know in some cases from the womb been listening to kirtan um I did a little bit of research before this podcast and apparently uh, fetuses can hear. And and I know I was in many, many kirtans before I was born. So clearly a shravanam before kirtan, uh, kirtanam structure. Um, But, you know, growing up every day, there was a morning program. uh, And every day my parents were there uh, before I turned five and went to Gurukul. And every day in Gurukul there was kirtan. And so really that, became uh, the soundtrack of my youth. That's kind of the, the whether it's nostalgia or also memories, everything seems to, to trigger. I can hear a tune and it just kind of brings up um, a, a whole lifetime.
0: Right. Of so you went to Vrindavan Gurukul. How long did you go there for?
1: Yeah, so I was in Vrindavan for two and a half years. Initially, I went to actually to Gita and, and was there with um, wow. uh in... 83 to 84 82 to 84 <laughs> wow. um and and uh my parents uh put me in boarding school there they were based in Ireland and uh, running the preaching yatra there uh and then after two and a half years when i was 7 i went to Vrindavan gurukul from 85 to
0: 87 wow okay and you know you know something the first kind of exposure i got to you was there was this there was this video like maybe in the nineties or early two thousands called Hari Krishna world. It was like on VHS and, and they had, they had you on there as a brahmachari and you were, and you were traveling around India uh, on a, in a van and doing programs and things.
1: Yes. Yeah. When I was, when I was 16, we, I, I, I left my upper gurukul and there was a few of us gurukulis who were just like, now what? We're in India. We've kind of yeah. been in India for going on eight, nine years. Um, and that's really all we knew. Uh, and so the idea that, okay, well, we've had this kind of preaching education. The next logical step is to actually apply it. So um I did some collection uh, of, of funds and uh, bought uh, a van. And we had, you know, a traveling Sankirtan a group of five or six young second generation boys who, you know, the oldest was maybe 16. We were just let loose on India. <laughs> yes. You know, it was called the Junior uh, All India Sankirtan Party because the, the acronym was Jai SP, Jai Srila Prabhupada. <laughs> um, and we had a court and we had a corresponding um, magazine called Stand and fight, which was our kind of answer, stalwart, stalwart hardcore um, in the movement devotee answer to, uh, what was, the, was there was another group, uh, I think there was a, a Gurukuli, as it is, a Gurukuli magazine, and we were like, those guys are growing their hair, they're just not being <laughs> brahmacharis, this is nonsense, we're going to actually represent here in India, right. uh, proper, proper, proper brahmacharya.
0: How long was that for the, the traveling throughout India?
1: Two years, two years. Um, two years? Yeah, we had two batches of Gurukulis. So the the, the, the first one went through and then we picked up and, and dropped off. I, I remember one kid, he picked up a habit of smoking. And, and I, I was really, I remember looking back now, I was completely uncompassionate to the nicotine addiction. <laughs> I was just like, this is nonsense. Get out. Um, wow. But, but that was kind of, you know, a very right-wing uh, upbringing I had. And, and, and it, was, it was quite harsh growing up in with a lot of austerity. But the, the other side of austerity is it's really um, hard to still be kind and compassionate and, and caring. Mm-hmm. And, and that's something yeah. that I think uh, has been an, a slow realization as I come to adulthood.
0: Now, now, you know, a lot of people and a lot of your peers, they... That went through the Gurukul system as you did, their relationship with Girtan may be a little bit tainted because of the experiences that they might have gone through. So tell us a little bit about how your experience, how you stuck with that, although going through some hard hardships there at Gurukul, I'm sure. So how did you kind of um, reconcile that?
1: Um, I, I think it's, 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 it is complicated. Anything that's so deeply connected, like I mentioned memory and, and, and nostalgia with your youth. Um, and every, I think every group had their own different experience. Um, you know, I, mine wasn't luxurious, but definitely was probably middle of the road, uh, for yeah. uh, the level of, uh, austerity that, uh, endured. Um, I, I've struggled with faith, which I like to, to differentiate, um, from religion, uh faith is more about your personal connection with god and, and religion uh implies the rules and regulations that sometimes can be interpreted in, in ways that are not godly um so i think for us and a lot of gurukulis i know you know even if they are are not their faith is kind of dim or on pilot light if we can say <laughs> <laughs> pilot, <laughs> yeah. you know a lot of them still will show up if you're wondering why you still see you know gurukuli showing up at the sunday feast that that that, that is the, the you know the cultural components of prashadam right. and kirtan and and that's our festivals you know i mean some yeah. may adopt halloween but you know Jan mastami that was like diwali they were the big festivals and markers of our of our youth and and a lot of people even if they've strayed uh, from the faith side of things really still um feel a connection to that mm. and, and with, with Kirtan has always been something that, you know, whether I've been, you know, in, in a, in a phase of, you know, fringy or blue pitch, I've always maintained a, a positive, uh, love of Kirtan.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's something that's like a, I want to say it's a phenomenon but it's something that's very ingrained in the second generation is the kirtan aspect of 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 just being very attracted to it being very good at it in artistically and musically but but also a lot of faith I would say faith in the in in the holy name and and that this kind of transcends over everything else that's a, that's a really good point uh, when did you start of recording kirtan i know this you know as we come into the next part of the you know later parts of the conversation about the grammys and things but when did you start recording like you said maybe in vrindavan you were you know ayinder prabhu was there as well tell us a little bit about that
1: yeah um so first to preface uh you know my actual as a lead recording artist never really i don't even know if it's still fully blossomed but i've always been kind of in a supporting role um, and I think partly, you know, going back to Gurukul, he's being good at, at Kirtan or really having an affinity, even if they don't understand why. Um, there wasn't a big varsity sports component. You might play some Kabardi, you might get a football, but really the jocks of Gurukul were, were able to show their prowess with their skills on Radanga. And if, you know, had someone like Shri Sham or Bahulaswa and they were really just able to shred on the drum, uh, you know, they were the gods of Gurukul. And I, and I think really, you know, there was a sense of uh, you know accompl- accomplishment and status that was tied to being able to be expert at Murdanga and harmonium. Mm. Um, and so I have never been able to play harmonium, uh, but I was quite excited about Murdanga, which um, when we were after my uh in Vrindavan, I, I would play with Aindra in the um, 24-hour kirtans for, for parts. And I was f- felt very fortunate, I think, I think that you can connect most uh, modern gurukulis to having some connection at some point to 24-hour kirtan. That's really, mm-hmm. you know, uh, a touchstone and birthplace of the kind of transition from you know live temple performance kirtan to hang on, we've got to record something. Um, and I, I remember, you know, I would play, and, and, and I think it was Vrindavan Mellow's three. Andrew was recording, and and he, and he put, called me over, and he said, "We're going to do some recording tonight." you know? And I was like, great. Let's, uh, my Murdunga skills are so incredible. We're peak performance. Uh, <laughs> right now I'm ready. Let's just put this down for posterity. Right. Like, You're not playing Murdunga. Don't worry. Madhava is going to play merdanga. I was like, Oh, so what are you going to have me do? And he's like, well, <clears throat> it's quite loud and noisy in India. So we record at night. Um, and we need someone to do the higher falsetto type, uh, Female kirtan voices, because uh, obviously Aindra Stanchbromacher, he's not going to have recording with ladies late at night in Vrindavan. That's just a recipe for gossip and scandal. So, right. Right. It was me and and one other coolie, I don't know if it was Sanika or, or, or Jai Gurupat or someone, at like two a.m. singing along in our false set of voices <laughs> to varying degrees of bad and terrible. I don't even think they they ended up in the final cut. Um, what I took away from that was was you know how to kind of maximize the, the 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 noise control to get a good quality sound and, and you know before that you are just like well mic kirtan and someone's already always standing in the kirtan with a mic but yeah. the idea that you know even indra would layer at least uh, on those first first albums you know track after track vocals background vocals that was really an eye-opener for me um the other eye-opener was i i just really felt that you know when the time came ladies sound like better
0: Female kirtan singers than men, <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, I mean, you, with the the Grammys thing, there was a lot of ladies. I think it was all ladies, right? Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know if, if we want to jump to that. There was another. Yeah, no, we don't, um, don't want to jump to that. We'll, we'll 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 take that after. But uh, yeah, that's amazing. So y- that was Rindavan Melos three. You said. Yeah, I think I, I think there's a one track that has two Murdunga
1: players, and I'm one of them. That's my that was my claim to fame. My first. Wow. Uh, piece of-
0: recorded uh, kirtan. Wow, wow. But before that, uh, you said there was something with Sri Prahlad and the Krishna kids. Tell us about that. Yeah, so
1: um, I went to Gitanagari first for two and a half years, then Vrindavan two and a half years, and around 87, went back to Ireland. Um, and it, I was there for until 1990. Uh, and I went to public school, which was a huge you know, culture shock, trying to go with a Sika and an, and an Indian accent because that was the accent I had by that point to right. you know, farmers school where everyone's just really, you know, either Catholic or Protestant. And they're like, what are you, you know, are you, I was like, we're Hare Krishna, we're like Catholic, Hare Krishna. <laughs> <laughs> the right answer is you're a Catholic, Hare Krishna, if you're coming on this school bus, right. um, but um, it was a, a strange time. Uh, and also we were. I, I had a lot of time to watch i t v videos and there was this video that came out about um sri prala and the, and the krishna kids um it seems like so distant but that whole iron curtain it was before the wall came down um yeah. in berlin and you know there was a lot of devotees in russia who were um secretly um practicing krishna consciousness and, and, and preaching um and um in australia full circle um uh, sri pralad and uh well, a group of devotee kids. Um, there was a—I don't know the name of the devotee who organized it, but um, they 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 worked with EMI Records, which is a massive commercial label, uh, and, and 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 wrote an album uh, and did a music video uh, and went down and protested um, in in Sydney and released doves uh, and it was real activism um, uh, at, a, at a time when the devotees, you know, we would do a lot of Harinam and, and yes, there are, you know, social activism roots with Chan kazi and all that, but, but actually trying to use kirtan for social change, um, hadn't been done much. And, and I, I, I was impressed by that. Um, and then my mom made a comment. She's like, oh, you're watching the Krishna kids again. And I was like, yeah, it's pretty cool. He's like, yeah, this kid is doing amazing things. What do you, you're good at like sleeping and eating. (laughs) I was like, I, my first response was finally someone has recognized my true talents. I, mean, I am I am pretty good at eating and sleeping, uh, but uh, but I just remember that that was a, that was probably uh, the first commercially recorded Gurukuli right. um, record. And um, and the, the aim was uh, they did inter- interviews with Trupolad, but to get um, Mr. Gorbachev uh, to release uh, some of those imprisoned Hare Krishnas who were really suffering um, for their religion.
0: In the face. So that was the, your, the beginning of your kind of exposure to like, okay, this is something that could change, you know, this is an activism, like this could change people's lives. This is a, something, you know, th- that you essentially are attracted to doing.
1: Yes. It, 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 There's a combination of if you can make music or our our message accessible, um, you can reach a broader audience and then you can also drive change. Um Sometimes if it's just full um, kirtan, a lot of people love it. Some people are like, it's too, it's too foreign. Um, But you know, what what the Krishna kids did was they had some English lyrics. Um, They were, you know, in some of the videos they were in dhoti, some of them they weren't, but really it was, it was trying to bridge the message of, you know, our community uh, to get it out to a wide uh, populace to, to add pressure, to create some social justice.
0: Right, right. So, okay. So then after Ireland, um, what happened? So y- you went to school in Ireland for like 10 years, you said? No, I was, on, I was there for two and a half years. I, I and <laughs> no. then I was, it was, it was too
1: much of a culture shock. I, I think I'm the only guru Cooley who volunteered to go back to India. Oh. Um, <laughs> maybe <laughs> wow. so, at that time, I think some came later, but, but i i i was like however austere gurukul is i had this realization it's like i i have no one to share my common upbringing experience here in ireland um and it's lonely and 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 even if you're if you're suffering or you're feeling some austerity there is um something about having other people uh feeling that experience as well and i I kind of when people try to explain you know understand why Second generation Gurukulis are, we're reuniting and we're descending on Kartik every year. And well, right. you just saw each other six months ago, but well, they'll do like the Rathiatra circuit to keep in touch. It, it really is that that experience that was so foreign and intense that that bonded them. Uh, yeah. And, and they maintain those connections because of that shared experience and that that shared outlook. Even if you have nothing else in common, you could say, hey, this Prashadam, this Ekadashi Prashadam is is amazing or hey we can rate it on a scale of one to ten and i've had better
0: <laughs> wow so you went so I, I i yeah i hear that from so many people just that kind of going back into like karmi society wise it's just like a very difficult thing and especially if you're in a, such a place where there's no there's like no you know there's no there's no there's no one different. Everyone's kind of the same. And you know, like how you were saying about the Catholics and Protestants, Hare Krishna Catholics. I mean, wow, that's that must have been a very hard experience. So then you went back to India, and how? And then how long were you there again for? Until you were sixteen or older? From, from
1: 1990 to 95. So okay. I, I left India when I was eighteen. Right. Uh, I went back when I was twelve. So 90 to 95, I was there uh, in in Mayapur initially for two years, uh, and then. Um, we went to Vrindavan briefly when my parents moved back and then I went back to Mayapur until ninety ninety three is when I, I left my Google.
0: And then what did you do after that?
1: That was when we did the junior all India Sankirtan party where okay. we had a van, we would travel around. We would drive to, you know, Pune, Goa, Mangalore, Bangalore, um, just, it, it seems, you know, unbelievable that yeah, some have 16 year olds. <laughs> one of them who driving the bus. I learned to drive on one of these Tata 608 buses on Chattikara Road, um, and, and, and there was no driving test. So they just, you pay and you get licensed. So then think about every, every car on the road that's coming at you has no training, and it's just one rule, don't die. Uh, and so, so I was here responsible for four or five other kids, um, but it was kind of amazing. We were completely free to, to, to figure it out. We had a book table with wow. various different things from Rasbihari Lal. um, and Bori Jansan Jai Gurupad was expert at manning the table. Um, we would, we had these big walks that we would, you know, roll up and cook prasadam and distribute, um, wherever we went. And then usually we would try to get in and, and, and with the local temple, arrange for a college university program where we would distribute prasadam and we would do some kirtan and then. I think Jai Gurupada and I would do the Traveler's Nightmare uh, pantomime. Um, <laughs> oh, was, wow. Wow. The, the, they weren't sure what is this, you know, American boys doing strange pantomime um, in a language they didn't really understand.
0: And this is the time when there, there's no like Google Maps. Like you're just. No, you're we just... had a map. And yeah. we had one person on, on the passenger
1: seat whose job it was to make sure we didn't get lost. Uh, and then we would get lost. And then you would ask someone for directions and they would say, yes. And this was really that rule. I think I, I remember from Guru that Prabhupada said, if you're asking directions, ask three people, right? And if, if three people say that's the way then go, because in India, there's a little bit of a lackadaisical go that way. And that just means, you know, I don't know if it means go away or if it is the way, or if it's a circuitous way. So, <laughs> so we got lost a lot. Um, we slept sometimes by the side of the road, sometimes by beautiful beach in, in Goa. Um, but we, we, we would travel all the way around India and, and trying to give out books, um, and, and, and preach.
0: And then when that came to an end, what did you do after that? So I moved to, uh,
1: America when I was 18. Um, so, and again, I, I, by then had this Indian accent. I was fresh out of Fresh out of like Vrindavan Mayapur. Like I showed up at the gas station and I was waiting. And then I got went in and complained. It was like nobody is pumping my gas. And they were like, oh, you self-serve. And just just that simple, just so much to learn that I was like, your your petrol station is useless. I'm gonna take my business elsewhere. And they were like, You're waiting for your Adobe or something, someone to serve you. You need to start pulling up your socks and taking care of yourself.
0: Wow. And then did you go to university when you came back or what did, what was, what did you do when you came back to America? So at first
1: that in 1995, um, I went on the bus tour with Manu's Manu was doing the, one of the first bus tours. I think it was the second actual bus tour. Um, and that's where I reconnected with Gorovani. and there's some great photos of us in full staunch Brahmachari saffron attire uh, oh, going on the bus tour, telling people, don't go to university, you need to just go do your sadhana and, and, uh, and chant your rounds uh, and be fixed up. Um, yeah. and so it was, you know, that was where I lived on Watsika Avenue, uh, for a long time, even as I kind of branched out from, um, straight living in the temple in Madhav Marja's ashram, uh, to going to university. I met, um, Aniruddha, who is Prajumna's son. Right. He, he was studying at Santa Monica college and he said, Whatever you want to do, um, at least know what you don't know and, 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 and learn the education and and culture that is in the outside world. Of course, you can always go back to India. You know that world. But, you know, in the event that you want to live uh, and engage in in, uh, in Western society, you need to have an education. And you need to also, you know, you've had Vedic maths. You might need to actually pre-algebra statistics right. get a bit more mainstream maths, depending on what you want to major in. So um, I spent five years doing two years of GE credits at Santa Monica because it was such a stretch. You know, I've been kind of Encino man, um, <laughs> you know, living in a cow dung hut and learning dating maths and you know, from memory, reciting things and, wow. and now homework, there's you know papers that are due. Um, but then I, 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 I uh, oh, so sorry, the other, the other thing he gave me as advice was make sure you get all A's. He's like, if you can get all A's, you can then leverage a scholarship. And that's partly right. why I took five years is to I would take easy classes and then a couple hard ones so that I could maintain a, like a 4.0 GPA. Um, I got one B. So I didn't I didn't have a 4.0, but then I, I I leveraged a scholarship at University of Southern California where I majored doing film production.
0: So that so just talking to Ani that's what kind of changed your mindset because you were coming from a uh, like a very staunch brahmachari, like no, you know, schools or slaughterhouse and things like that. So that just changed your mind. Like, okay, I should spend five years doing, you know, all this kind of whatever, uh, you know, kind of mundane kind of education. No, I think it was, it was a, it was a, a, a
1: variety of factors. I just remember that specifically happened, but I mean, so much about people's mentality and where you are in life has to do a lot with your surroundings um, and, and I think, uh, at one point moderate left the movement. And so we didn't have a place to stay, uh, and, uh, and then Gorobani uh, moved back to DC. Um, and so then, you know, you're kind of now not having an anchor or touchstone. Um, and so kind of going back to university was a, uh, a way to get some learning done. Um, but also the Pell grants allowed for people that the government would pay you some grant to support yourself. Um, there was not a very short resume that I had coming out of Vrindavan. There was nothing. I, I didn't have any entry level employable skills. I, I remember taking one job and then they asked after six weeks if they could reduce my pay, which is probably, <laughs> <laughs> well, this is not a race. This is a lowering of the pay. And then now wow. the next application, the starting pay will be lower, uh, higher than the ending pay. And then I'll have question. So, uh, it was a way to kind of have some sort of, um, Financial income, while yeah. also learning, um, so it was, it's it's a great program, and, and it allowed me to slowly kind of cross beyond the comfort zone of just staying on Watsika Avenue. Mm. Uh, and over the course of that, I mean, I think when I started, I didn't know I was going to major in film. I was just like, "This is I'll get the GE requirements and see how I feel." Um, and and as as time went on, and I, I took six months off and traveled around Europe, uh, but uh, eventually it kind of crystallized that well, uh, if I'm going to finish this. With a degree, I'd probably want to do something that I would enjoy, and um, so I I majored in film production.
0: What was your end goal, like doing film? I I know it's something you enjoyed, but did you want to be a director, producer? Um,
1: I gotta say, I I really hadn't thought about
0: it. I'd seen a movie
1: where you know called Swingers, uh, and and it was about these two guys who just didn't do much, but just told people they were producers, and I was like that. (laughs) <laughs> That's a great job. It's it sounds respectable. We don't know what they actually do. Uh, and so I thought, okay, I'll go. I'll go. I'll go do. I'll go do. I'll get a, a degree in producing. Um, they didn't have a degree in producing in undergrad, so I was like, production, producing sounds similar. Production's completely different. It's actually making the the, the project. Um, you know, with camera and writing. And so I, I I did that degree and really enjoyed it. And and coming out of film school, most kids they they believe they are gonna be the next Spielberg or or right. or you know, when really to put bread on the table or or grains in the cupboard, you need to get any job that'll that'll hire you. And with no no experience of yeah. not being a genius, I, I went into the production route.
0: So what and what was your relationship with Kirtan at this point in your life as just now you're out of India and you were you were just a you're just a Gurkuli who was kind of going around the, in, in uh, you know, the bus tour and things. So what was your relationship like that with Kirtan?
1: Um, Well, I still, I I lived still on Watsika Avenue. So
0: right. Okay.
1: (laughs) Right across the the road. So whether it was eight o'clock bhajans or for festivals, uh, the Gurukulis always had a tradition. I think Mandali Bhadra started it of having one night a week where, where they would come and it was, you know, kind of a judgment free, just come and, and share Kirtan together. So I was always uh, tethered to say, um, to, to Kirtan in that regard. Um, uh, and then obviously, it, you know, every year at Rathiatra in LA, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a great time because there's a lot, a lot of Gurukulis would come and, and they, there was always, Subhadra's cart was dedicated to Vajnav yeah. youth, to, to have that cart where you could, you know, sing. Um, and then, you know, occasionally I, you know, I would join a hari nam. but I think as I got more and more kind of conscious that if someone at school or work saw me on a hari nam, that might be an awkward conversation. Right. So I saved it for, for <laughs> Radhi and, and, and Bajam Nights. Right. And so after film school, when you were done with that, what did you do? Right. So there is a little, so I finished my GE requirements and applied to all the, um, the universities um, for scholarships and, and entry, um, but there was a a, um, a six month or maybe it was a, yeah six month window maybe a bit more um, before you know I was going to go to school in the fall. Um, in between all my kind of school years at Santa Monica College, I would I. Did a lot of theatrical productions, devotee theatrical productions. We did uh, Shiva and Daksha. We did the play. I flew to India, England, and um, with the devotees there, we did a um, Ramrai. It was like a South Indian poet's. Um, I'm, I should know this, but uh, re- retelling of the Ramayana. And we, we performed in, in you know Stratford upon Avon and, and British theaters. You know the home of theater. Wow. Um, uh, and then, after that, I, I lived with Goravani for um, a, a little while, uh, partly because um, one of the theatrical shows we did in two thousand, and I want to say two was Burnt Ladu. Um, and this was a, you know production that, you know, um, using my writing, my writing uh, kind of passion, uh, and my music passion was to try and create a story. That told the Gurukuli story and validated. You know, right. a lot of Gurukulis feel isolated because they just, you know, don't know how many of the other ones are still out there. And and also just knowing that there someone else is also feeling equally a- isolated is, is a hugely comforting thing. So um, we did a production in in London first, um, and we, you know, Goravani uh, and I uh, worked together on on the music. Uh, and he directed the show in London and we did it. It was just by us for the devotee community to kind of, you know, memorialize some of our shared experiences, but also for some of the devotees who came later, who, you know, may not be aware of who these hairy guys who are corralling the Murdanga on Sunday feasts, kirtans are, you know, this is a little bit of the history. Um, Prabhu then requested that we, um, do the show in New Vrindavan in 2003, um, for the North American GBC. Um, and we also, uh, as part of that, uh, it was, the, I think, festival of inspiration. Um, we, we performed that show. So there was about four months, five months of preparing for that. And I was living with Gorovani, and we, he was releasing, um, I was doing some work to help support uh, Avatar Studios, which was uh, probably the first you know Gurukuli connected studio in the world, um, uh, be- based at uh, Sandeep Modi's house uh, in DC. Um, and so you know we while we were preparing, uh, we went down to Florida to get some of the Gurukuli actors uh, for the cast. Uh, but while we were preparing, uh, we recorded some of the soundtrack with Badahari Prabhu. We released. Um, uh, Avatar Studios released uh, Goravani's first um, album as Kindred Spirits. Um, you know, it had been a tape version, but this was a much more polished, realized version of an, an official commercial commercial release. Uh, we also um, worked with Ramya, um, and, and Goravani produced Ramya's CD. Uh, her, her, I think it's her debut album. Uh, and then we had Gorangi, who joined us as cast, uh, but had over the years done had a, a music career of her own, which had, you know, some devotional songs and we kind of did a greatest devotional hits album uh, called Radhe Sham. So that was my first, you know, opportunity on the kind of how do you work with wrangling a bunch of different elements? Uh, you know, Gurukuli's in Alachua, you know, Gurungi coming from England because she was in the first one. You know, Yamal coming from the West Coast to produce a, a, a musical theater production that would hopefully drive social change uh, as well as releasing these, these um, professional grade uh, Kirtan albums uh, into the world.
0: I want to talk a little bit about Burnt Ladu because I was a kid when that came out and I was, and I was just very moved by it. And I think a lot of people were, were there, what were the after effects of, of kind of performing that in England and then in America and then to the GBC? Like what, what kind of, kind of was there any change or was any uh, like what happened like behind the scenes wise? I know people can watch it and things like that, but behind the scenes from your perspective, was there any, anything different that happened after that? Um, they honestly, I'd like to think so.
1: Uh, I think Chase who you've had on the show a couple of times is really the keeper of, of, you know, how things developed. Um, definitely, you know, um, as a result or around that time and so i don't know if causation or, or coincidence you know there was a more of a focus on the child protection um right. committee um you know there were investigations uh that have been ongoing for for years uh after not necessarily after burnt ladu but after 1995. um i was in los angeles when all the gurukulis sat down with Dhanadar maraj to kind of ask his feedback and share their you know experiences um in gurukul uh directly um so you know the 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 mid to late 90s there was a lot of um you know standing back and kind of looking at what you know we've we've got a lot of gurukul there was a lawsuit as well that happened you know so so there was a lot of different things that whether whether you know we were stirring the pot and bringing them to the fore, or just kind of another representation of uh the kind of lack of closure that some of the second generation had felt uh, and lack of acknowledgment and being heard by the older generation, many of whom who may not have known about it. So I guess my my impetus to do the show was, well, here's a archetypical for an example story of yeah. the typical Gurukul kid. And I, I think I named him after Ragu. No, it was going to be Ragu, And I ended up with Lado. Um So <laughs> So, oh, wow. so he wouldn't feel uh, too on the spot but you know it, it was a mishmash of, of varying you know typical gurukuli characters um i had no experience in composing music uh, again so you know we used contemporary songs
0: right uh, i love that
1: i love that speak for us and give voice for yeah. us um and i think there is something about music allowing you to let down your guard um and say here is something truthful that I'm emotionally resonating with. It's not a direct attack. This isn't even their songs. Um, But if there's something that, you know, resonates and you can actually take that in, uh, I think that's why a lot of Indian movies have songs and, and why the musical is still alive and well. It's because sometimes it's too hard to just straight, you know, dramatically scripted tell someone it feels like you're, you know, Preaching, or you feel like you're lecturing someone, telling them off. Whereas all of a sudden, if you can say, "Okay, let's just step back and put on a lens of a fantasy here with a musical sequence," it it allows you to actually drive home some some pretty um, powerful
0: points. I think that was such a revolutionary show that even now, I mean no one has ever done that again. That kind of like what you just said of about, about like showing someone's experience and then putting music to it. And and that's such a w- amazing way of communicating an experience. Uh, I urge everyone to go watch it. I'd love to watch it again because I haven't watched it in so many years, but seeing it as an adult, maybe I'll even look at it in a different way. Have you watched it recently
1: again or? or, or? Um, I haven't watched it recently. It's hard. Um, uh, right. But, uh, what I did hard
0: emotional, you mean like emotionally?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, cause you, are seeing all these Gurukulis pretty much open their hearts and tell their stories. Yeah. Sure. Character names and stuff, but the, the acting is real. Um, so, but I, I did look at it again about 10 years ago. Uh, I went back and I, I, I it, it, as I'd gotten older and, you know, become a family man, I, you know, I. I I reflected on, on, and that, that story really is about, you know, some sort of champion in search for justice. Um, yeah. and I felt like, you know, that was important at the time. And I think it's still an important message. Um, but I think there's an other, I wrote a second, a second part to it. Um, that really that's formed, but I I wrote oh, to wow. be kind of the first, where Burnt Ladu ends up is the first half and it's all about Gurukuli, righteous injustice and, and that championing. Yeah. Um, And the second half, as I got softer in my older years, really um, turned the lens inward uh, and and tried to say, okay, well, yes, absolutely we need justice, but we also need forgiveness because otherwise you're going to be held prisoner of your experience forever. So, you know, whether it's for selfish reasons or not, um, and whether it's forgiving yourself or forgiving the people who've harmed you and not giving them the power to control how you emotionally respond in positive uh, new relationships uh, yeah. I think that that's a really important step. Yes, you need the acknowledgement that this has happened. You you know, otherwise you feel um, discounted. But the other part of it is is working to to find some forgiveness. It's the strongest thing you can do.
0: Wow, that's that's amazing. That there's a whole there's a second part, and I lo- and I love that. Is there any plan to to put that into a production?
1: Um, I I would love to someday. Uh, you know, I think it, I've tried to get other people to. <laughs> Uh, It's just uh, I think we had a a brief chat earlier about, you know, these productions uh, and I don't know how to like, you know, do them part time. You basically uh, and this will kind of lead into a later part of our discussion is is I kind of get completely lost. And and that's okay when you're uh, a single bachelor and you're just going to be lost in your artistic project. But um, it's really hard to, to dedicate the work. Uh, and time with actors and producing a show like that and and at the same time be present for your family
0: right definitely yeah definitely that's that's something i struggle with as well i that's fa- family and then also your artistic adventures it's it's hard to mix those things but so so okay so then then after um you were film school and you 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 i assume you got a job working somewhere Yes.
1: I um, actually, uh, you know, I, while I was still in film school, I met my later to become wife. Oh, uh, nice. She's from Australia. I'd actually um, went to school with her brothers in, in my upper group. And uh, okay. anyway, long story, we wrote letters for about several years. I met her when I was 13. Um, oh. And we finally reconnected uh, in my, in, I think it was 25 or 26. Uh, and she moved to America my last year in college, um, and did, you know, she was finishing her PhD in psychology and I was finishing my bachelor's in film production. Um, and she couldn't work legally in, uh, America. I couldn't work legally in Australia. So we moved when I graduated to London for about a year and a half. Uh, and I worked for what was then the Weinstein co slash Miramax UK, um, for as an intern uh, for several months. Um, and then ultimately uh, we, we got married and moved back to the US. Uh, okay. Whatever brahmachari or gurukuli fears I had of, of getting married uh, were, I felt like it can't be as bad as living in London during the winter. It's, I mean, <laughs> it's like, I'm am, I am ready to commit. London <laughs> will get you to commit,
0: man. Right, right. So and so. Then, when was the next kind of um, Kirtan project that you went into after that?
1: I I think I kind of was on a pilot light. You know, uh, I think once uh, first I was just starting my career and uh, you know working on independent production um, uh, for about five years, and then uh, then I became a parent uh, and had my daughter, Um, and 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 throughout that time there was a wonderful wonderful kirtan years coming out with um, incredibly ambitious projects. The Hanuman were touring, uh, the Mayapuris were out, you know, Janavi was making music already. Um, And and, and so part of me was like, well, I don't really, as a merdunga player slash female falsetto uh, (laughs) singer, uh, for binder's background, I, I, you know, what can I do? What would I be able to do to, that isn't, you know, I would actually, you know, I, I, I would tell people if they say, "Oh, do you have a?" They hear me sing kirtan. Do you have an album? I was like, "Well, go listen to As Kindred Spirits." That would be right. the pinnacle of what I would love to, to to aspire to. But you know, that's there, so I don't really have anything to add to the conversation. Mm. Um, and so I would just was just purely a live kirtan devotee for Rathyatras and 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 even while we were we. We moved you know five minute drive from the temple so even though evening bhajans i would still be there uh and uh, and then eventually after my daughter was one um my wife had the idea she said well you know what about a kirtan album that you know we've got a daughter we can do something for female empowerment we had been sponsoring a couple girls at Sandipani Muni school in vrindavan for a couple of years um but it just felt like such a small effort uh, compared to what the need was yeah. um and so you know the idea of of doing something that you know collaborated with a lot of my friends who i'd done kirtan with like a gopi and garangi many of whom you know have family commitments of their own and may not be able to do a whole album um but could do a song um as a way of you know creating a, a musical allegory a song a, an album of duets that would you know have male and female voices working together in, in, in concert and harmony. Uh, but then to also, you know, raise the money up front so that any, any profits that came from that album could then go to support education for girls at Sandipani Muni school, um, in Vrindavan India, a way to kind of give back to the tradition of Kirtan that I came from.
0: And so you, that was your wife's
1: idea. Yes. I, I, I'm not sure if she, looking back, she'd say, do it again. Cause I was literally gone for <laughs> distracted. I will say for a couple of years. Um, yeah. um, but, but it was an incredible, you know, once in a lifetime experience. We, we do, I again, knew nothing about crowdfunding, uh, to raise money. We didn't want to wait for money to come in. We wanted as soon as the album went on sale for money to go to Vrindavan. Um, I knew nothing about recording, um, you know, I'd kind of stood on the sidelines and watched Indra and, and 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 Gora, you know, in his in his studio working. But as far as why and how that worked, it was a complete science I was unaware of. Um yeah. and so we you you would remember in in uh, April 2014 we launched this crowdfund campaign back before crowdfund fund campaigns were like now there's one every every minute. Right, um, right and uh, what i didn't realize at the time was it was like okay well we'll raise the money and if if we don't get the money then we don't have to do it and we're off the hook uh uh, and then if we raise the money uh, you know then we'll do it that was kind of the litmus test Uh, we gave it a month um and what they don't tell you when you go and ask for money from crowdfunds is most of the people who donate are going to be your friends and family they are (laughs) people who have a personal connection and know they're going to bump into you at a party and you're going to say why didn't you fund my crowdfund Right. So, but the next step is, is, is now you're kind of in, you know, you're, you're beholden to the mob, you you know, we've invested in you, Mari we believe in you, what do you got, you know, so then the, I, I felt this responsibility, because so many people had come to, forward and, and contributed to this album, to make something that everyone would really feel um, proud of, uh, and, and, yeah. and, and like they, they were happy they, they backed our project. Um, So, you know, we really worked hard to to work. I found a producer, Dave Stringer, who's a, you know, a kirtan artist, famous kirtan artist in his own right. Um, And he also lived five minutes down the road on Venice and had a a studio in his garage. Um, And then we, you know, over the course of uh, the next six, seven months, recorded with um, several, well, 11 female kirtan artists from all all over the world. And um, that really was kind of part of how we came up with bhakti without borders we wanted you know to to not have uh any kind of restriction on whether it's geographical we had singers in australia or in india Goramani was in india i got to collaborate with um, malika who is one of the original krishna kids so that was kind of a a, a great kind of going back to being good at eating and sleeping a a great way to say okay well we also made a, a song together so that was that was a way to close that uh, that kind of, uh, have some closure around that that experience. Um, but also we, we we collaborated with musicians from, uh, Dave is from the Shankara uh, Shaivite tradition. Um, our engineer, Krishan, is he's from the, the Kundalini Yoga uh, music uh, tradition. Um, we worked with people from the Narayan Marj Godiamat uh, tradition. It was really, uh, and there was no kind of weirdness. It was all, we are here to serve some sort of devotional, uh communication that will resonate. Um and you know, I'm everyone had a prayer to Radarani they sang before they did, you know, re- went into the studio and recorded. And really the, the focus was how can we do some service that will have a maximum benefit um uh, both socially but also spiritually.
0: How much how much money did you need to raise to to actually produce the album?
1: Um we raised through the crowdfund uh 17.4 thousand dollars um, which was, you know, uh, more than our initial goal. Um, but less than we needed to, f- to make the album, um, oh, really? <laughs> yeah. and, and, and also once you, you know, we hadn't taken into account that there is a, you know, a fee, uh, that the, the, the website takes for hosting, yeah. you've got to send perks and print CDs that, you know, so, yeah. Uh, but I, I, it was an you know incredible amount. I think we raised seventeen point four, and um, other people donated as well, uh, just directly through Coolie um, Mailing Association, which is a registered five hundred one charity. Um, and then uh, uh, once the album was on sale, we donated uh, from the profits twenty five thousand uh, dollars to Food for Life Randavan for education for girls in India. That equals about forty six girls um, education, um, and it went on to you know. Be heard in 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 eighty four uh, countries around the world.
0: Yeah, I was going to ask about the response after you you know released it. What was the response uh, to, from the world? Um, it it was
1: a slow burn. I'm I'm not going oh, yeah. to lie. We kind of were like, this sounds really good, um, and it was embraced by devotee restaurants. I mean, Sachi in New York gave copies to everyone who who uh, donated to Rathiatra that year. It was it was on a uh, heavy rotation at Govinda's in, 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 um, New Dwarka. Um, but it's, it, it's kind of in its simplicity, not very bombastic. It's, it's, right. and I think that's partly what resonated with devotees who, you know, were, were able to see that, you know, we were doing something different, but at the same time trying to package commercially something that was very familiar. Most of the tunes are tunes you've heard at some point yeah. in, you know, in, in your devotee life, Um, and then I think after we were nominated for a Grammy, that's when, um, beyond our community, there was a lot more awareness.
0: Tell us, yeah, that's the story we want to hear. Uh, how did, how did that, how did you lead into that whole Grammy thing? Like, well, tell us what happened about with that. Um, I think
1: the only thing I, or one of the main things I took away from, from Ruda was find out what you don't know. Uh, and so I, you know, I think a lot of. There's a lot of mystery for some artists who are like how you know how do you get nominated for or considered for a nomination for the Grammys? so i called up the grammys and said hey how do you get considered for the grammys They're like oh you got to submit i was like okay well that's that's a starting point so a lot of a lot of musicians don't even ever submit so you're not even in the consciousness uh to be considered so right. um, i'd had some experience with you know my time at, at Weinstein Co. as well as uh, on, on independent Production about, you know, these awards, they don't hand them out. You actually have to aggressively put them uh, into the the consciousness of the voters. They need to know where you're there. And then, you know, if they know you're there, then it becomes about all all music being equal. Who do they want to nominate? Um, so I, you know, submitted um, and that, that really was kind of a critical thing to do. Um, and then you know we tried to to, to reach out to the the, the community. Um, it's changed the whole process uh, in the last six years drastically. Um, but we tried to get 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 people we know um, who are you know musicians or artists because uh, one thing a lot of people don't know is that the Grammys are are voted on by the artists. It's not it's not like public voting. Um, it's not um, also record labels voting, it's artists and engineers and producers who actually are making creatively the music who are kind of listening and evaluating um, music, because otherwise, you know, you have people who may not actually understand what you're trying to do. Right. Uh, So, you know, we did a bit of outreach trying to get uh, just get the word out. It's it's, you know, book distribution and the virtual sphere at its finest. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then once you know, we got a bit of traction, you know, we were, we, we, I mean, I was surprised as anyone when we woke up in, in, in December and had a nomination
0: and, and it's for a particular like category, right? It's like, uh, yeah.
1: Yeah. So, so Kirtan doesn't have its own category. Uh, you might be surprised to know. Yeah. Um, and, uh, mostly I think before that, I think there'd been a nomination for Kirtan album by Krishnadas, uh, and, uh, also by Jayu Tal. Uh, and they've been nominated, I'm not sure if it was new age or world. Usually Kirtan is slotted in as into the world or new age category. Um, and, and it's it's a little bit of an ill fit uh, because if you're listening to beautiful contem- contemplative soundscapes and all of a sudden you've got someone, hardcore Kirtan and Wampers just coming down, it, it just wrecked the vibe. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know In your massage parlor and all of a sudden it's like me, nee! Time go <laughs> like just <kind> of a <laughs> bit of a jolt. So it is an ill fit, um, and we've been working um, with the community uh, over the last six months to try and propose uh, you know something more, more inclusive, specific for Kirtan, um, But but we were nominated in the new age category alongside um, four other pretty typically new age artists. And,
0: and we did well. Who. Uh, did so you didn't? We got nominated, but we didn't win. We, yeah, win. yeah, yeah.
1: So, so yeah, we got nominated. Um, basically, on the new age category, you can be nominated for best new age album. There isn't a song like, unlike rock, where's best or pop, they have best pop song, right. they just have that's their they're like, we have this much, this amount of um entries. It really is each category support, needs a certain amount of. People making music in that c- category and submitting to, to to validate its existence. And so, one of the things I want—we're trying to get you know people who make mantra or chant or, or conscious music to do—is is really do that first step of registering with the academy as an yeah. artist, as a voter, and submit your work so that they see that this is a growing genre that is that is really pushing the boundaries you've got everything from srikala and mc yogi and bali to danya you've got you know Janavi. There's there's a, a huge breadth of this um chant kirtan mantra whatever music you call it that that is it's not new age music um so we've been doing some advocacy to try and try and change that um and, and hopefully that work will benefit you know the the, the devotee artists uh, or any of the artists in in that that genre to, to be find some recognition uh, of the tradition, but also, uh, it, it flows on into, you know, how people view and audiences can uh, search for music on Spotify. It's, it's a it's a huge um, in, influencer in how I people do- look at your look for your music.
0: I assume that so many doors were probably opened for all of those 11 artists who were on there, like to be a, to be a Grammy nominated artists, you can say that now, like you can put that in your, in your kind of your title that you were Grammy nominated, that, you know, it opened doors for these artists to do other things. I'm sure. Did you, did you hear any of, of any of, of that happening? Um, Or even doors for, for you or for, uh you know doing something out like what what was kind of the repercussion or the the response maybe for from that album um
1: personally i think the response was just the global footprint and and accessing of the album um uh and i think i mentioned earlier i was kind of after two years i needed to kind of shift my focus back to my family i had two kids by this point um and and also a full-time job um all, all all of the artists um both featured artists uh, who sang as well as the engineers or any of the the artists that um uh, played you know Sheila Bringy played amazing flute and and uh, and harmonium for us Patrick Ritchie played uh tabla to name a few uh, they're all um a, able to get a certificate that says they participated in a grammy nominated album um right. I Followed up with how much uh, it is. They've actually taken advantage of that as a calling card. Um, but I have seen definitely um, at least a third to half of them uh, have continued to make music, uh, and we'll mention it because it's a great you know um, it's a it's a great thing that that we've 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 taken a tradition that is from the streets of you know Navadweep, uh, you know through Vrindavan uh, and, and and taken it to, uh, audiences that, uh, listen to Kendrick Lamar or Anushka Shankar or, yeah. or any, any of the mainstream music. So, it, uh, we not only, uh, are excited that, that we've, we've created this, this recognition through the, the nomination, but also, um, really encourage people to, to continue to, to push that work both through the audiences, but also through, um, the Academy.
0: Wow. That's really cool. I want to ask you about, um, your more recent projects and also about how Kirtan has, or music even has changed in the more recent years. But before that, we have our first commercial uh, on the late morning program. So um, I'm just gonna share my screen here and let's see if I can get that. For some reason it's not. Okay, let's just look at this. So, um, Sorry to do this. I I didn't prepare this well enough, but I'll drag this over here. Okay. So Hari Krishna Bhakti friends, this is a message from the Boomi project. We're an aspiring off the grid, self-sustainable Ahimsa farm and yoga retreat center on 350 acres of pasture and mountainscape in rural North Carolina. We are hosting our first Bhakti immersion retreat this Memorial day weekend. As you're all, Already aware, the late morning program with Namras audience are some of the most intelligent and thoughtful people out there. Thank you. We're all exactly the type of people we want to spend. You're all exactly the type of people we want to spend a weekend with, deepening our devotion to Srila Prabhupada's movement. We have a great group of retreat facilitators featuring Kirtan Prabhu, Bhakti power couple, Anupama Das, and Minna, and the owner of the farm, Sudha Jiva Prabhu, will have plenty of personal Prabhupada stories to share as well. Come join us for an entire weekend of chanting, dancing, great outdoors, nature walks, hiking, swimming, campfires, yoga, personal connection, friendship, community, bhakti wisdom, and delicious Ayurvedic cooking. The weekend will feature kirtans, transcendental literature, mostly organic vegetarian vegan prasadam, yoga classes, camping, swimming, and plenty of bhakti life hacks. Expect to meet monks, musicians, yogis, philosophers, Indian gear cows, and a loving, welcoming bhakti family. For more information, please contact Ram Das at yogadascouple at gmail.com. I'm going to put that up on the screen there. Um for more information, yep. And then uh, the promotional code is late morning program. So go check that out if you're in that area, North Carolina. That's from my friend uh, Ram Das. So let's stop sharing. Okay, so we're back now. Um, so Muddy, tell tell us a little bit about your your current projects, like your more uh, recent ones. Are you still doing that? I mean, with with a family and with the job and things like that.
1: Yeah. Um well I wanted to briefly before we because we kind of plugged that I was at the Grammys. I want to tell a kind of a short funny. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, please. Funny story about um the dissonance kind of between how we view uh celebrity or glitz and glam and the magic of Hollywood or 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 the music and really yeah. that was you know uh, the experience was was really kind of interesting but also You know you of course uh, you know it's not when you peek behind the wizard's curtain you know (laughs) the 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 emperor has no clothes to mix metaphors but um we dave and i um chase and kamal went to to the grammys and and uh you know one of the things that happens when you show up on the red carpet you walk in is they assign you a minder someone who's going to kind of help you make sure you're in the right place at the right time where you need to go uh and The red carpet goes into this big kind of pavilion tent Um, and along one side there's like a a banner, you know, of Grammy where people are taking photos and on the other side are all these different um, news outlets, you know, uh, E! E Entertainment, TV Tonight, all of these type of Shows that you'll have seen, uh, yeah. and and one by one, you know they they kind of are who capture you know ask questions to Beyonce or you know Taylor Swift, uh, but one by one, you know your minder takes you up to each of them and asks if they're interested in doing an interview. <laughs> like, just, you know, Maridas uh, and Dave Stringer, uh, you, would you like to do an interview? Their album's nominated for best, uh, and they're like, well, sorry, what category? And <laughs> you're like new age and they're like keep moving we're waiting for like pop or rock and and like i knew there's going to be like zero interest but we had to do this kind of walk of being dismissed one by one (laughs) you know would you like to do an interview mighty does you grew up in india you've done a a kirtan album no keep moving so we like had maybe 15 of these rejections in a row and then and then you get to the the photo kind of wall where you're supposed to you've seen you've seen every celebrity event there's like a banner of you know, uh, whether Ashing, it's flashing light and everything. Yeah, yeah. So, so you know, basically, in practicality, um, you get given a card with your name on it, so that the photographer, because they don't know who you are, there's so many people who are coming through. You see, they photograph you with your name, and then the second photo is the photo they take, um, and they're also capturing video. Um, and each time, I don't know if you how many of these you've watched, but when you watch people on the red carpet, you hear this roaring crowd. Yeah. In the background. Yeah. Yeah, that's a hired professional crowd. Really, they, a bunch of bleachers, and because think about it. Otherwise, people will will cheer for you know their favorite artists. But then, if someone's not popular or obscure, like you're a New Age, no one's gonna <laughs> cheer. <laughs> so. so
0: in between, you
1: know, while the video's rolling and you're on your mark, they they
0: hey,
1: that's really great. Whoa, my God. And then they stop and then you move on. And while the next guy gets set up, they take a drink of water and there's like an orchestrator who kind of says, and screaming, cheering, excitement, and then, you know, down. Oh, no. uh, which was really kind of, it encapsulated the whole experience. Because once we got finished with that, we walked out into the, and we're still in the parking lot. We still had to go over to the, to the venue. Um, and that was really kind of, having a film background you kind of knew but it really was just the the the, the kind of artifice was kind of hilarious to be there and, and see it happen and, and the same during the show all those people around the catwalk who are dancing well they're hired extras to dance because anyone who's that close to the stage who is, you know in real seats is too important they're not going to get up and dance
0: yeah
1: so kind of bring them out when someone's going to do a performance they're all these people dancing and they're like back 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 now go back in your seats to the back and <laughs> So it was it was it was really hilarious and and, and, and wild um but it also kind of it, it, it had that kind of um digital liquid beauty effect where you know facade <laughs> but you know, you know just around the corner there's someone cranking you know the the wizard of oz voice uh for, for the magical effect did you meet any famous people there we saw we were in you no, saw them but We didn't meet anyone super famous. Um, there's a lot of people there, uh, and, and then, you know, there's the artist section and then they go, you know, if you get you, win, you go backstage and they have those little interviews backstage, um, we, you know, we sat with uh, people in our category and, and some of the other ones in, in similar categories like world or American roots
0: even the nomination is just amazing to me because you know you're saying that the it that the people who vote are the artists and producers and things like that so even even like you know you're get, you're getting the cho- you're chosen from uh, uh, you know how many nominations there were whatever 5 or 6 still if there's you know a, a number of not of number of people kind of ap- applicants still Bhakti Without Borders was one where like, okay, well, this one's really good. Like we're still going to, we're going to nominate this one. That's huge. It is. It is huge. And it's, it's also huge because it's, it's,
1: it's not new age music. So the fact that they said we have five nomination slots, right. you know, in a, in the category of new age, they're like Bhakti Without Borders, it's not new age, but we need to find a way to recognize it. Uh, and that we got a right. nomination is, is a pretty big deal.
0: What was your reaction when you like woke up and read the email or got the letter or what? We're in a crappy time zone, so I had no one to tell. Like I was like, <laughs> I
1: had to wait for Dave, Dave to get off a plane. Um, actually, we met up. He was he his his niece lives down here and we met up um, a couple maybe a night before or two nights before and had a talk. And we we're like, wouldn't it be wild if like, you know, when when you land. You know, we've got a nomination. You know, that'd be you know, we were like, that's crazy. And sure enough, you know, I mean, I I texted him, but no response because he was in the air. Yeah, uh, and it was like, okay, well, is this real? Should we double check before we tell anyone? <laughs> so it was a bit of <laughs> radio, trying to make sure before we kind of publicly, you know, announce our
0: good news that it's 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 really a good thing.
1: Right. But wow.
0: That's fantastic. fantastic. That, that's, that's amazing. I mean, big kudos to you for, for doing, for taking, you know, that time to do that. And, and, you know, it's, it's a risk that you're taking in the sense of you're, you know, you're, you're away from your family for that time. You're focusing on that. You have a full-time job. I can totally understand what you, you know, what you had to go through in the, not exactly what you had to go through, but what you had to kind of sacrifice to do that. And, and I think it's, uh, I think it's brilliant. And I'm, you know, I'm really interested to hear what you have, what you have in store next.
1: Yes. Well, 100% kudos to my wife uh, and her family who at at, at stages when we had to record or from overall when I was distracted, you know, really kind of holding the fort uh, and being there. So I do want to give a shout out to her, Um, you know there was a bit of a- apprehension about doing anything after you've, you know, you've done your first album and it's, it's nominated for Grammy. And you're like, it's just downhill from here. There's a lot of, you know, the curse of the the, the, the the sophomore album, you know, how can you top that? What do you do? And I was like, well, maybe it's best if we just kind of, a, you know, I needed to get back to my responsibilities and be with my family and spend some time with them as well as I think we, we moved country in in the process. So, you know, right. right. Submitted for the Grammys in when I was living in L.A. and had moved to Australia. So, you know, had to fly back for the the awards show. Um, yeah. But I think, you know, we kind of just I, I made a decision that it was really important um, to spend some time just really, you know, when you move to a new country, getting everyone settled in, getting settled into my job, understanding, you know, making friends, understanding the local cultural landscape. Um and also had felt like oh, that was that was enough in a sense you know this was a, an incredible once in a lifetime experience i got to volunteer with 11 amazing female singers worked with you know an incredibly talented composer and producer and kirtan artist and dave stringer and we we took it all the way to the grammys so you know how do you how do you follow that it's it's really you know challenging um, <laughs> but but part of the process what happened was you know having gone through that, I would get ideas. I'm like, this would be an incredible song. This would be, uh, and and I'm not really my, a composer at all. I, I basically kind of uh, liken myself to a Kirtan DJ where I'll pick, cherry pick, this is the great chorus from this song. Let's bolt it onto the, my favorite catchy part of that song and, right. and create a song uh, uh, a song uh, with Dave, because uh, Dave, Dave's got a real good ear for arrangements. He's got a great ear for what, is accessible, um, you know, and he kind of comes from a how do we structure this like actual song. So even though the mantras and the melodies are, you know, authentic to our tradition, you know, we have verse, chorus, bridge, you know, we really because that's if, if you think about your lay person who's listened to music all their life, they're used to hearing I can you start off at some point, there's going to be a chorus, at some point, we might go back to a second verse. Chorus, maybe there'll be a bridge or an instrumental solo there may be a ride out that'll be different but most of them have similar pop structure yes um, and 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 as a result of that process i was always you know whenever i'd be in kirtan or do kirtan here would be like this section of this uh, this tune is really amazing and i would just kind of save it on a voice note stash it somewhere in case someone else wanted to do an album or in the event I did, I was kind of just like, these are these are ideas that I'll just sit there. And I did that for like four or five years. Wow. Um, just kind of parking these ideas so that they wouldn't keep bugging me uh, <laughs> with the way they kind of work together. Um, and then, um, then the pandemic really kind of was a, a game changer wow. um, because it, it opened up, A, an opportunity where we're all working from home, yeah, um and B Dave uh my producer is not touring so he you know he was con- he, he would tour incessantly uh, before the pandemic but he was now based in la uh, working on several projects his own and, and producing other other kirtan artists uh collaborating I think with uh Vish from the Mayapuris. um but but this was I was like hang on if this this pandemic has a window here you know maybe we can kind of just start meeting weekly and batting ideas back and forth, you know. I've I have, you know, this many songs that I've I've collected, uh, and he, you know, working with him to arrange, you know, how they might sound. We would meet weekly. I would, I would, I had to learn Pro Tools. So there's my mic in the back there. Oh, Basically, man. this door opens, and I put a blanket, and I'm like singing into the corner. Um, <laughs> and I have to learn the whole software. Wow would save to Dropbox. And then, you know, he, once it would update Dropbox, you know, it would update his Dropbox, and then he would open up, add some guitar, uh, or add some harmonies. Uh, And it was kind of slow, but steady, we kept at it every week, we would send, uh, you know, back and forth, back and forth throughout the pandemic, um, which wouldn't have been possible otherwise, because I don't have, you know, a week that I can just disappear into the studio, I've got like two, three hours, on a lunch break or a weekend that I can, you know, lay down some vocals. I can lay down some my my Murdunga or, or some cajon mm-hmm. and some cartels and um and so that's been a really it's really been an intimate uh, exploratory process, you know, where you it's all one person. Whereas last time we collaborated with a lot of artists, um, you know yeah. the 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 me, me means by which we were recording also in, influenced the way the songs were shaping up. So I mean we've 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 been working on these tracks. we haven't actually recorded professionally all of them um, but we've got you know a sound and we've got we know what all the tracks are. Uh, and it, interestingly, um, this time you know we've kind of taken an, a, a different approach. Uh, when Dave was down here, he comes from the deep south, from Alabama. They've got a real country blues, you know um, bluegrass. Kind of roots and and he he performed here uh, a show um, and and, I, and he let me sing a couple of songs from Back to the Borders, uh, but he sang with his his niece who lives here, like I mentioned, and his his sister, and they this amazing kind of fusion of voices was was just mind blowing. It was just it just really it was so so country, um, but also so so beautiful, um, and we've always thought that you know there are parts of Kirtan and Kowali that actually lend themselves to a country bluegrass, you know, um, arrangements, instrumentation. I think we had, um, we had some fiddle and, uh, and, uh, pedal steel on the last one. Um, so the songs have kind of claimed their own identity and they've got this, wow. this kind of country and Eastern is what we're calling it vibe. Um, you know, and, and less about Vrindavan. It's like taking Vrindavan and, and bridging it with new Vrindavan, I guess I would say, you know, <laughs> you know, for a movement, uh, that has a, has a, has a music tradition based on cowboy. Um, uh, you know, I think there is a synergy there that, you know, home on the range, you know, you've got some tabla, some merdanga, maybe a harmonica, you know, yeah. maybe an upright bass. Um, and it's really exciting. It kind of speaks to, you know, uh, a more authentic representation of what um, a music uh, American society and and music should be. You know, I think we're we're cross pollinating, um, but we're yeah. really excited to 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 try and work on that over the next, you know, the coming months. We're we're still meeting weekly. Um, the other thing we're going to do probably at one point is to s- reach out to the community and see if they want to uh, s- back the project uh as as we did last time we promised that all the profits for the last album would go to charity so you know we've got a combination of um our ourselves funding but also looking to the community to help support that um which we'll roll out uh, and and bring br- bring in the next couple couple months
0: so when you i want to ask you a little bit about like your audience when you when you add all these instruments and things like that is it is it your your goal to kind of uh bring this kirtan music essentially to uh, a, someone who wouldn't necessarily uh, hear it if it was a more traditional sound
1: yeah i think i think we're i mean we're we're trying to make it accessible and bite-sized uh, listenable as possible so yeah. i mean the music scene since we released the album, we released the album in 2015 when people were still paying for digital downloads. They're still buying physical CDs, you know, and wow. and and people were touring. That's all stopped. So, you know, there is an impact on how music is made um, that informs. I think there was a, an article I read that actual songs are. are uh, Going straight into the vocals quicker now, whereas you know in the '80s you'd have an elaborate synthesizer lead in. You know, people are like, if you if you don't capture my interest, and it, it's a little sad uh, yeah, that we is. become, you know, we'll just skip it. It didn't immediately delight me. We've lo- we've 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 lost the uh, the ability to be patient and also be you know wooed and transcended into wow. something you know that requires giving some time and 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 uh, mindful. Attention. Um, so you know our songs are kind of you know front loaded with you know we don't take a long time to get to to the to the vocals. We do tack on a little bit of ride out sometimes to try to have that kind of Kirtan Kirtan vibe. But 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 really yeah. you know society has moved away from you know um, buying a lot of things. You know it used to be you'd buy a DVD. You would buy it. You'd spend hours at the record store. People would browse and buy a collection of. And now, you know, people pay for access. You know, you'll see Patreon, you'll see Bandcamp, where basically we've moved away from transactional to access um, subscription-based model. You know, you don't need to buy a DVD, you have a Netflix subscription. You don't need to buy a software, you just subscribe to Microsoft 365 or whatever. Um, And that's really, I think, hard on the the artists who make, you know, independent artists who make music, and no longer have access to selling merchandise or um you know t-shirts or or uh, at gigs you know they're 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 people go to gigs and they're they're not into actually taking a physical memento there's nft now where you can own a digital memento of something Um, you know um but 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 as a result how how do you you know most kirtan artists are, you know, subsisting on the kindness and generosity and donations of people who want to see that music in the world, yeah. um, and that's, you know, that's as always, you know, people who have have been um, sharing sacred traditions have subsisted on the, the kindness and generosity. Um, how to package that in a way that people understand? Uh, you know, when they're being you're, you're you're competing with you know, Spotify that'll pay you know a royalty of 0.001 for a stream of uh, of songs. I think it will have ultimately an impact on uh, the amount of time artists will be able to, to, to work on making something that actually, um, is at a commercial level that will get this it's a kind of catch 22 you know well i didn't have any i couldn't hire any real musicians uh so i made i did every part myself well yeah it sucked and so no one listened to it you know we appreciate your devotion and your faith but you know it's not speaking a musical language that anyone really can digest um so that's been a really interesting change that's that's happened um, I'm just extremely lucky that Dave plays a million instruments. He plays guitar, organ, uh, harmonica, you know, piano, uh, dulcimer, you know, uh, pedal steel. And, and then I bring you know, some redunga, some cartels, some cajon, a bit of a rhythmic uh, section. Um, so it, it, we're really excited to show this kind of new fusion uh, 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 that we're working on, but without ha- being able to kind of slowly chip away at it you know, one song at a time, one instrument at a time. Um, I don't think I would have been able to do a follow-up album. I know this is like a long-winded way to get to answer your question,
0: but no, no, that's exactly what I was, what I was looking for. So, so you know, I, I, that was interesting what you said about people's uh, attention. Like you need to grab it immediately. Like now the vocals come in quicker. That's just so crazy. Like that you have to you if you if you want to be kind of relevant and you have to then you have to kind of go with the times so you're you're kind of are you counting on dave to be the one who's like has his kind of ear to the ground like okay this is how it's going to be this is how it's going to sound because this is the way it's going to kind of reach more people
1: um no uh (laughs) i mean it's 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 kind of happened that way because the sound the songs you know have have evolved from me laying down, you know, my idea for the melody. And then, yeah. you know, because that's the first thing in, everything else get gets added from them from right. there. Uh, and so it kind of serendipitously lines up with that. Um, I think we we aren't discounting a long kawali alap somewhere. Why not? <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, if Nuzrat Fateh Ali Khan you know were on Spotify, you know, the first Five minute chunk where they do amazing virtuosity virtu um, virtuoso alaps would just kind of lose people's ear. Yeah. Um, at the same time, we don't want to. We're not trying to say what will, what can we make that will people will like, or what can we make right. that will get critical acclaim. I, I think it all has to be rooted um, in some sort of. That's what really people are paying for. They want authenticity. They want a connection. Yeah. They want access. Yeah. They want to feel like. This is person is not making something they want to sell me. They want to share something that is their music, uh, that's true to them. Um, and, and I have a connection to them because I, whether I, you know, follow their podcasts or, or Patreon updates, they, they want to feel part of the process, which does work in our favor if you want people to kind of come aboard and help and actually take ownership of it. Um, but it also does um, require that, you know, we can't rear rear engineer something with an yeah. idea of, like, this is what people will like. Uh, we have to really make sure that, you know what, you know, We in going back weekly with these tracks, you know, he's hearing some, some country twang and some country harmonies, he'll throw that on, then I'll go, okay, well, that sounds actually really cool. I'll redo my vocals to match that. And really it's a conversation that, you know, him with his mu- mu- broad musical background and me with my kind of very niche, you know, devotional kirtan background are trying to come up with something mm. that,
0: is accessible. Um, but at the same time, authentic. I love that. I love that. You know, we we see a lot of artists just like even just kind of mundane music that we're trying to cater for what others are, you know, and I, and I, and I thought that's what you're trying to do, but you're clarifying that it's something that's really authentic and, uh, you know, you're kind of marrying th- what Dave's uh, artistic ability is with your traditional feel and and trying to put out something. and I think I think would you say that that is the the goal of the whole thing is in the process of making it itself, or is it really it's it's because what I'm hearing, it's not really about the result. It's like you're you're creating this music oh, that if it's it, a huge risk, uh,
1: you might it uh, is a huge risk, yeah, to the degree. I mean, uh, just stepping back, I don't think we, I think everyone should be aware that if you're making something professionally recorded, you do, there is an audience that you need to be aware of. Sure, but sure. but that is as far as it should go. Then you have to find out what is an authentic, creative expression that you wanna share. Uh, and that's kind of, even if we get f- sidelined and I'm like, well, that was wacky, that idea. Mm-hmm. Um, if you can base it in true to our, each of our musical traditions or the, 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 the kind of sound we're creating, um, it rings. There's a truthness there, and it doesn't feel like it's some sort of you know um, concoction or some sort of hey, let's do this. You know, it actually is, is rooted in you know my whole musical journey, his whole musical journey, um, which is why I, I think you know when I first thought of an album, I'm like, okay, yeah. how are we going to do you know a bunch of duets again? Because that was my only frame of reference in a pandemic where you know we can't yeah. actually fly to get people's rec- recording. Um, and so we just focused primarily, uh, on, you know, what can we, each of us with the tools that are in our room and, and in our, in our heads, you know, what can we create that actually works together? Uh, I think initially when we started, it was just, Hey, I want to just, the project is develop these songs. Um, whether we get to a point where they're actually good enough, or we think it, it, it's worth finding a way to record them, we'll see. It was just, you know, the right. musician awesome. sitting on his hands. I'm a uh, you know a, a, a professional who works from home sitting on my hands you know for small periods of time. you know how can we take that opportunity and 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 flesh out the instrumentation, the arrangements of something and see what we've got um, And it was a great you know a, a great collaboration and and now we're at the point where we're like, okay, well, we still have only developed the songs we want to find out if there's interest you know I th- I did I think I I, I nervously sent Manu uh, as my barometer of like the core audience. Whether we're completely off uh, <laughs> off the reservation with our sound, right? Um, right. You know, because I was like, I need I need some feedback. We're in a vacuum here. You know, I right. need someone from our community who understands Kirtan to give me a little bit of bounce back because this this could be going a little bit crazy left of field, and I'm in I'm in lockdown. You know there's a pandemic on this could be just wild and wacky um what did say? if you want to share or not he, yeah no he's he he was really positive i mean he 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 did sound it sound like you know he said it sounded like gurukuli cowboys out on the range you know in <laughs> and suggested then he suggested a photo shoot with me and dave at a campfire with leather chaps just kind of <laughs> cooking shot or something um which i thought was i took as a good thing he he wasn't like this is not gonna you know fly. We want something new and different. We're not doing bhakti without borders against, but we still want people who actually enjoyed that to recognize it's not that we've completely now thrown everything out the window and said, we're going to start from scratch. Well, why would you? That is, and was an authentic expression of the music we want to make. There will be through line and elements, but we also want to bring something fresh and unique.
0: Mm. What would you say to someone who is, like, thinking of creating a music album? What kind of advice would you give? Because you've gone through this yourself. Now you're going to, you know, do your second one, hopefully. So what advice would you give to someone like that? Um, I would say, you know, go for it in
1: the first instance, you know, uh, and and learn some of that prosumer technology that's there. I mean, mm-hmm. my mic is, is a, you know, it's a, what do they call it, f86 or whatever e88 It's a not a fancy mic you can get affordable equipment uh and the second thing i would say is know what you don't know you know and if you if you don't know and you've never done anything before you might want to um look at collaborating with a producer you know there's many you know kirtan artists might look for a mentor you know my right. you know someone who uh, a has has done something that you respect and and want to find out how 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 to progress that, uh, who also
0: has the time to give you some nurturing. Mm, That's great advice. Yeah, because I think that, uh, you know, you have to also, I would say, understand who your audience is, who's your target. And also understanding what your own motivation is, like, are you doing this for becoming famous or are you doing it for as a service or, or are you doing it for the process of it instead of the result of it? That, these are all things that I think that are important to, you know, kind of in your mind, think of how, because I love the way you explained it, you know, that that uh, it was like a lot about, you know, just recording these songs and uh, not even about, you know, putting them out into an album yet, but just seeing what happens when you kind of put those things, artistic things together. I think is really brilliant because it, that, that shows kind of real good motivation and kind of a, a real kind of surrender to the process of, the, of, of, of Kirtan and recording Kirtan instead of seeing, okay, like, what's the end, you know?
1: Yeah, I think, and, and I think there's a uh, humility required. I think, it, you know. Totally. You need to uh, do it for the right reasons. Uh, There's not tons of money. I mean, if you make it big and that's like, you know, sure, you probably have a better shot winning the lotto to like, (laughs) I would would love it. I would love it if, you know, you know, someone in their garage just experimenting with a Kirtan album just blew the roof off the world. But, but really, you know, it's, it's, we're in in an age where, you know, it's kind of gone back to the patronage model where, Mm know if either you as a service uh, and then an, and a need to express your 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 form of kirtan or devotional you know i think i have this quote where i'm like i write when i can under to try and understand the world and i sing when i can't you know so mm-hmm. as a way of wow. just you know and that, that i think that also speaks to why kirtan is you know you don't need necessarily uh, obviously yes it's it, it, important to try and ha- have a variety of kirtan some have english lyrics but 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 the, the easiest, everyone is equally ignorant of Sanskrit in all the countries of the world. So they can forget about that and just listen on a heart level to that conversation. Yeah. Uh, and I think if you tie it back to this is a spiritual music that I want to share with the world as service um, and possibly get some help from a patron who actually says, OK, you know, I want this music to be in the world, so I'll support this um that is that should be enough uh, i think if you're waiting to top the billboards uh you know or or um you know be famous uh i think we had a conversation Chase and i were like w- you know you can make more money at a, working at starbucks um than what you will leverage from a you know first time just put it out into ether in yeah. the streaming sphere right now it's right. it's it's there's so much out there and it's just so hard to 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 reach that audience,
0: mm. I want to talk. A, I want to change gears a little bit and talk about what you were saying earlier about, you know, Kirtan being kind of. I'm not sure if you what. I don't want to twist your words, but you were saying religion and faith. I want you to kind of break that down a little bit because I want to understand your your. Um, just, I am fascinated by someone like someone and your peers i also asked uh chates about this as well kind of like how you went through a a, a, an upbringing that was it, it was like kind of challenging but then at the end of like how you how you came out of it and stayed inspired and continued to relate with kirtan and the movement and everything like that. Talk a little bit about that. If I don't, it's kind of convoluted my, my question, but
1: I understand the question. I, I think it's, yeah. a, it's a, it's a very good question. And I think I've reflected on Gurukul in general um, and yeah. very, very rule focused, you know, it was very, do this, whether you understand, you know, why you're doing it or not, just do it. And maybe you'll develop a taste. And that is, you know, the principle of sadhana bhakti for sure. But for kids who didn't join, they were essentially someone joined and said, This is for you. A lot of times, getting an investment and an an ownership uh, of that tradition was never instilled, you know? So, yes, you've got someone who can do an amazing fire sacrifice when they're 20, but actually doesn't want to. And I would say, if we the paradigm and said, let's instill a love of God and service and kindness and compassion at the start, that passion will drive an interest in the rules. You know, that way, when you take on these rules, then they're at your level of spirituality. You're not jumping up to like someone who's, uh, oh my God, one of the, your Kanishta, the next one, majima adhikari, when you're just not ready. You know, I, I think, I yeah. think that's, that's really been, one part of my realization the other realization is that if you look at other faiths um and just peel back you know any kind of rule that is about you know controlling one type of gender or human or race over another yeah most of the religions are all the same we're talking about the same god with different names and Mm -hmm. so you know love your neighbor you know serve the divine in each other's hearts. Um, you know, be a good there are most quite simple, you know, uh principles of how to be a, a good person in this world in anticipation of the fact that there's another world. Um, and I think you know, when you see over centuries, when you combine politics with religion or power with religion uh or faith, there 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 seems to be A a constriction that happens uh, and usually around control. You know, I want to control your ability to make a decision for yourself. Uh, I want to control your access to money or or freedom of movement. Um, And and I think um, that is not spirituality. I think, you know, people need to learn self control. uh, But I think, you know, to the degree you have an institution exerting control, that's actually pushing people away because everybody Mm -hmm. has a personal relationship with with God that is on their, that's their level. So you giving me relationship, um, you know, advice, uh, if you're not my guru, then probably, you know, you need to take a step back and say, okay, when the time's right, you might, you know, add a, a, a religious principle that you feel like you're ready to embrace.
0: Wow. I love that first point you made about if you're teaching, you know, kindness and and all these other things service and service to others and then then later on the rules will come on their own yeah I think that's brilliant i really i really resonate with that a lot and so i this is kind of a very kind of broad question but what is your relationship with with krishna like who is krishna to you
1: uh well uh he's god you know <laughs> he's he's
0: trying <laughs> absolute... to, to put you on the spot there but... no, no. i mean
1: look i've had so i've had so many brushes with danger or jeopardy to have faith that there is some divine being and uh, what you call him the brahma jyoti if you're from the shankara tradition or krishna from Vaishnavism, uh or you know any other name for the, the the same absolute truth um is a personal you know decision or connection experience for me, I, I I just know, having grown up, there are devotees who haven't. And I've I've mentioned earlier that, you know, I've kind of, there are days when I'm like, oh, you know, there's a lack of kindness here or inclusion or, you know, community uh, that, that doesn't feel like I'm inspired. Um, yeah. And I think that's really the, the, you know, going back to, you know, find a way to inspire people to want to go to the temple, to want to do the service. Um, that's, that's, that's the key. I mean, that was what Prabhupada did so well, you know, whether it was getting someone to drop off a, a roll of toilet paper he didn't need, or, you know, show up and put up some, you know, window shingles or, or whatever, you know, I, I think that's that's been my experience. So I have a, a, a faith in in Krishna. Um, i varying degrees of following rules as far as how regular we go to the temple. We couldn't even go to the temple of pandemic, but but wanting to, with my my children, really instill that excitement, uh, whether it's cultural or spiritual, but really bring some of those touchstone um, elements of my upbringing without feeling like I'm forced them and now they're off put because that's that's you know that delicate little creeper that if you stomp it at a young age, it'll never get to be bigger. But you know if you you know just slowly and gently nurture people's desire for you know, um, Krishna or spirituality, or even just kirtan and Sunday feast. A lot of kids just, they just want to go, want to eat some good prasadam because all of the, the old school matas are just on point. And <laughs> I'll sit in the kirtan and I love the festivals. We get to get dressed up. There's going to be a play. There's going to be all kinds, you know, there's an excitement there. Uh, and then that hopefully transi- transitions them into, when, when they grow up and, and, and start soul searching a little bit, they go, well, why don't I just check out First, start start at home and see what what really you know this tradition is uh when you dig it dig into it.
0: That's really, really nice. I really like that. Let's look at the uh let's look at the comment section. There's a lot of comments and a lot of questions. Let's see. Okay, here's uh let's start from the beginning. Well, this is from uh about an hour and a half ago, but anyway, we can you can briefly answer it. How did the Indian traveling preaching party adventure come to an end? This is from sonica
1: This is uh this is a controversial question that Sonica's asking. Oh, um, really? Oh, I, <laughs> it's,
0: sorry. It's, I didn't know
1: that. It's, it's, it's fine. Um, well, so I think in, in, it goes back to we most apart from uh, Mario, I don't know if you know, um, uh, from Peru, who lives in New York. Uh, oh yeah, and, yeah, I
0: know.
1: Yeah. Um, we were the only uh, traveling Sankraton remaining, um, members in the in the spring i'll say of 1995. um and so we really didn't have a traveling sankirtown party but we had a bus um and so we um met a proper disciple uh named arvinda who wanted to go treasure hunting in the desert um and so oh
0: you told me this story when i came to la this is a fantastic story yeah so um we we were like okay this sounds like we were kind of
1: you know 17 and like okay well that sounds like a good idea maybe i mean i remember specifically going i'm looking for if we can find 500 million dollars of treasure <laughs> we can build the temple of the vedic planetarium this is what this is like i was like we need well and then i was like what about 501 and we can split the, the last million to do whatever we want but i was like i was like we're, we weren't looking for like a little treasure we were like we need to find right. another to actually kickstart building. And back then it was, I think it was like $500 million was the budget. We are like, we need to build this temple. It's not gonna come from, you know, life membership or book distribution. We need to really (laughs) just level it up. So we went out to the desert uh, near Jaisalmir. uh, There's a village there named Kuldara um, that had been abandoned mysteriously Um, 800 years ago. Just one night, the village fled um, and it was notorious for people who would go and um, look for treasure, but uh, you know, in the walls, just dig around. But you know, most of the technology in India was literally the the swiper wand from security at airports. <laughs> um, and this Arvinda, he actually had found some, you know, brought in some A grade treasure hunting equipment. And I was, we were like, this is this is going to happen, right? I mean, you know, if someone. For whatever reason, if a village flees in the middle of the night because there's uh, marauding bandits, um, then uh, you know they're not going to take their stuff with them in case they get waylaid. They'll they they've buried it here. So we're we just need to map out in quads and systematically go through this lost town. Um, it was it was after the tourist season. It was super hot, like uh, forty degrees plus, plus. Um, and uh, you know we would find little things. You know uh, over the course of the days. Um, uh, a bell, the temple bell, had someone had stashed in one of the crumbling walls. Um, we, uh, you know, there was a lot of just tourist gum wrappers or bottle tops. Um, and and there was a walk in well that actually had a huge signal. So if anyone's interested in going have a crack, we were like, well, it's going to be pretty noticeable if we start digging up this well. We'll save that for last. Um, yeah. But uh, over the course of our five days there, we had, um, we had, uh, we found uh, 100 silver coins that were 800 years old. Um, and I was like, this is, this is, this is nothing. I can't even get a dome for this. I was like, we were looking for 500 million. This is not that. It's pretty cool. <laughs> um, and, and interestingly, there was, I think, Farsi or Arabic language on it. Uh, but also uh, little inscriptions, uh, carvings of Krishna uh, and Balaran, um wow. on those, you know, uh, on those coins. So we found 100 silver coins um, and we're like, well, this is we'll just keep looking. But um, over the course of the days, I think we went into town to check the value uh, and whether it was how old it was or. Um, and then pretty soon, uh, I think we we ran into trouble with the authorities who did not like the idea of you know, foreigners coming to, to essentially loot, you know, um, uh, treasure, (laughs) um, you know, per the treasure trove act, it was, it was, it was okay. But I I think just from a, a viewpoint standpoint, it doesn't, there's, you know, with India's having a horrible history of being repeatedly, you know, looted by foreigners and, and sacred uh, artifacts and, and treasures being taken out of the country, you know, I think it was a bit, um, naive to think that oh yeah well you know just because it's it's legal to do you can just go and um you know start looking for treasure anywhere so uh, it ended in we you know basically uh the treasure escapade came to an end
0: (laughs) wow very cool story let's look at another question here Love Bucket Without Borders album with Western Melody. The Grammy nomination was cool too. Should there be more music sent to major award shows to get more exposure for Sankirtan? What is your temperature check to make sure the music is still Kirtan and not too watered down new age? That's a good question.
1: Um, I a hundred percent to answer your first question, a hundred percent think we need, if anyone is making Kirtan albums or chant albums or music albums or conscious music, whatever it is, yeah, they need to be submitting it, um, you know, to these uh, to the academy or any, any any kind of channel that might highlight that music to a broader public. Uh, unless you're, you know, a big uh, music uh, pop idol, or, or you're really going to have need every edge you can to get it out there. Um, yeah. I, as far as watered down, I mean, I I, I think that's a real personal individual choice. Uh, you know, if if you feel like. I think there's that story of Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, who who one of his associates really was completely distraught because he was someone who told him he couldn't worship Ram. Uh, I think, you know, your connection and your level of how you communicate that that connection with the absolute truth is a a sacred thing. Um, And as long as it's coming from a place of humility and authenticity and not like, oh, you know what? There's a lot of people listening to massage music or elevator music. I'm gonna just slip in the odd Hari Om. Uh, and then, you know, magically, I'm gonna just co-opt fans of that. Uh, I think that's that's where, it, you know, I personally think you have to make the music that's that's true to you. Uh, and I think audiences, you know, they're being bombarded with so much packaged music that if you're not, you know, a big label packaged music who are working with the best producers in the world, then it becomes about authenticity. What is this music saying? What is it tied to? You know, we aren't new age music. This is like centuries old, old age music. Um, But at the same time, you know, there are people who are into that type of music who are also into it. And there's an overlay of fans of both types of music that I think broadening our um, format allows us to access.
0: Wow, great. All right. Let's see. Okay. Is there a way people can view Burnt Ladu now? I watched it as a young adult when you performed in Gainesville and it was so powerful and important understanding out the history. It looks like Jaitanya uh, Mungal put the link in there. So you can watch it on YouTube, right? Yes.
1: Uh, and it's one of the lucky things that happened by the way we made the album in that we didn't use the actual tracks. We recorded backing tracks of those songs so that Shazam doesn't pick it up and flag a copyright infringement. All
0: right. This is a great conversation. Can you elaborate our evolution and reasons to differentiate between kirtan and mantra music? It's a really good question. Um, And I think Bates and I have had many
1: long conversations about um, what is kirtan. I even have a subcategory called kirtana. um, (laughs) little bit disparaging but you know there's a difference um and i think it's really important to recognize the difference in in modern um in the modern zeitgeist that you know you need to tie back to authenticity you can't just grab a harmonium you heard a couple mantras and start you know offering kirtan you know sessions at your studio because the cultural appropriation police will get you you know that's really you don't have a true connection to that music um I went to a kirtan here in in uh, in Melbourne, and and they were singing, you know, Ganesha Sharnam as a mantra, and I and someone said, "Oh, what does Sharnam mean?" And the woman didn't know. She said, "It means Ganesh, yay!" And I was like, "No, it doesn't. It means surrender." Well, so I think it's really important to know what you're singing and where your where your background is. Um, right. so I think with the broadening uh, and commercialization of kirtan, there is a lot more, um, you know. Uh, cousins and relatives and different traditions that, that come uh, the way we refer to kirtan is really, you know, uh, or at least the way I re- refer to kirtan is really, you know, in the temples with people who are, um, you know, know why they're doing it. It's not just, you know, something that came on the stage, you know, during the day at a, at a, at a spirit festival. And you just kind of going to go and, you know, do some uh, interpretive dancing too. I think really you kind of, also, that, that is, beneficial, I think, um, you know, there's a distinction, one is kind of for a broader commercial audience, um, and it's more accessible. um, And then there's another real pure, there's there is a a faction of, you know, devotees who, you know, are very strict about this is, you know, how kirtan should be no instrumentation, no English music added, uh, you know, no kind of, you know, non Indian instruments. And so it's, it's an interesting dialogue. Um, I think, you know, as we, you know, we can tie Kirtan to having roots with Vaishnavism. You can have Kirtan has roots in, um, in, in the uh, Kundalini tradition, uh, the Sikh tradition. Uh, But beyond that, there's, there's a whole, whole um, uh, group of music that, that, you know, whether it's shamanism or Native American or Tibetan mantras that is chant based. Um, And I think that's, Part of what we've kind of realized is whilst kirtan is very narrow uh, and, you know, I looked it up, there's maybe, you know, 20 to 25 kirtan type mantra music albums released a year. If you harness the collective of people working in, you know, spiritual chant based music, you know, ancient chants that are now fused with modern arrangements and in- instrumentation, it covers such a broad group, you know, right. everything from Yarava to Kawali to, you know, Jewish sacred music, um, and I think you know mantra music does cover a lot of them. But I think even broader is chant music, and that, that seems to be um, resonating with the, the broader com- community
0: at the moment. Wow, very nice. Uh, enjoyed your time in London. What would you what would you be your top tips for sh- to share with up and coming artists in their early twenties today? I think you kind of answered that in in one of my questions, but maybe you can just. Uh... Kind of make it yeah. into a i guess yeah
1: just the, those two things one you know do it for the right reasons and be authentic and two if you you know know what you don't know if you don't know how to do something you know find a guru i mean that's kind of it's the same it's the same format yeah. as all our vaishnav culture is like you know don't try to do everything yourself uh you know you can do some by studying the, the the interweb interweb shastras uh and then you also need some sort of musical guru who can guide you um because there's a you know the, there's no need to reinvent the wheel everything we do can stand upon the shoulders of devotees who've had, had this same question um you know throughout the the, the decades before us
0: yeah see here okay muddy is being humble he's really is pushing behind the scenes for kirtan chant mantra music and he's making a big impact and opening a path for others very true i remember watching eagerly to see you guys walk the carpet at the grammys it was a really big moment and set a new bar for what could be accomplished and reached for that's true i can't i think you just we we kind of just like described it but when we actually think about what you guys did it's like it's huge and, and I-
1: I mean, I think what we're hoping and Chase and I are, we are working on this. but we want that to be a stepping stone. So to the first question, Cap asks, I don't want people to have to start from the bottom, you know, stand on our shoulders, you know, as, as I did on top of, you know, Gorovani's and, uh, but respectfully, uh, uh, you know, uh, standing near the shoulders of Aindrup in the temple room. I mean, I think, you know, each, each effort of creative output should, should broaden and, 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 and leverage off of what's come before.
0: Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm in the same room with this open, honest discussion, inspiration, rawness, forgiveness. Bhakti Without Borders, I played while, whilst leading a church service in a hospital, and the patients and chaplains were up dancing, beaming smiles, dancing to and from the altar. The freedom and joy on the patients' faces, and the surprise of the chaplains and hospital staff to see the patients so engaged and freely expressing. Thank you. Wow, what a beautiful comment. Do you know this? Do you know who this is, this month I do know uh, Krushangi. Um oh, okay. and so uh, completely
1: humbling to hear. Uh one thing I do, you know, as someone who has to work uh, a job or ha- is is lucky enough to be employed actually post yeah, <laughs> um, you know, is that you can actually do something like record burnt Ladu um or Bhakti Without Borders, and then it can actually have a life of its own and people can find it and it and yeah. I can still meet my, you know, responsibilities and, and be there for, you know, kids' school trips and all these things. Uh, and that's something that just kind of can be a little, I guess, uh, audio equivalent to a book, you know, you can hear something that you can take to read home, here's something you can take to listen, here's something you can watch. And these are little kind of ambassador pa- starter packets that people can kind of go off and come back when they have questions.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, Muddy, that's a, that's at the, uh, the end of our time here. Thank you so much for for coming on and sharing your story with us and about the Grammys and everything. Uh, it was really a fantastic conversation. Great. Absolutely. My, my pleasure. And, uh, thanks for having me on. Yeah. Do you have any concluding, concluding words for our, for our listeners just regarding Kirtan or recording or anything like that?
1: Um, the only thing I would say is there are no hard and fast rules when chanting the Holy name. So yeah, I I, I don't think I have anything that tops the shikshas to come in that regard. Um, But, you know, it is by doing it that, you know, you, you cleanse the heart of the, I forgot the rest of the translation. Right. Right. Yes. The benediction moon comes from, comes from just, you know, with, with pure sincerity and humility, trying to access Krishna
0: through sound vibration beautiful that's that's really really nice um thank you so much for for joining joining us everyone tomorrow today uh, this weekend's a doubleheader podcast so tomorrow we have Govinda Janmashtami Das coming on he used to be in a gang in america believe it or not he used to be a gang member so he's going to tell us our his his crazy story of, of how he was a, in a gang the the title <laughs> the title is uh, uh, bullet rounds to chanting grounds. Uh, I think he made that up, and I and I love that. So, so we're going to hear from him tomorrow. That's going to be at 11 a.m. Uh, EDT, so that's 11 o'clock uh, New York, New Jersey time. I don't know what it is for whoever's listening time, but come check it out. It's going to be really cool. As always, uh, check out the podcast. We're on Facebook, Spotify, YouTube. Uh, just subscribe and And show your support and share this uh awesome podcast muddy stay on for for a little while longer while i turn the live off but this is uh the the um extra no what is it called when you anyway thank you outro thank you (laughs) outro horrible thank you for listening everyone